welcome back to another Daily Walk. My apologies if the locusts are extraordinarily loud, um, but that's kind of the problem I get every single um, August that I try and film these. And so uh, what we're trying to do now is just get through the Daily Walks and uh, move from there. So hopefully uh, the locusts aren't too loud. Uh, they seem piercingly loud to me, but there is literally nowhere I can go to avoid them. So I have given up hope. Um, the Lord has sent his locusts. We must deal with that. Um, but today we want to talk a little bit about conquering sin. As I was having a discussion with a friend the other day, uh, as we talked about, you know, churches, of course, talk about sin. Well, unfortunately, many American churches, they don't talk about sin. That is a fundamental problem. But we do recognize if we're saved, if we're genuine believers, we do recognize the need to eliminate sin from our life. The problem is, there's a lot of people who say don't sin. There's a lot of people that say God came to, uh, to forgive us our sins. And indeed, the reality is, yes, uh, we have to recognize that, that on the one hand, all people, including Christians, are sinners. But on the other hand, God has indeed covered our sin. That's what the propitiation, the death on the cross is all about. It is all about that sin. But the reality is, as Christians, we have to engage in the process of sanctification. And the process of sanctification is when we become more and more like Christ by a power of the Holy Spirit and by us actually working out the Spirit in our lives. Now, understand there is a radical difference between salvation, the justification, the point in time in which a person is saved, and the sanctification, the walking your life out in Christ. Now, in the view of the Calvinist, every person who is justified will be sanctified. The question becomes then, what does that process look like? This is a human element. It's not part of salvation as it were, but it is part of what we have to do. It is part of that growth in Christ. A Christian who does not sanctify themselves is a person who is probably not actually a Christian. This is a complicated idea um, and a little bit beyond the scope of what we wanted to discuss here. What I want to talk about today is the, the idea and the scope that we as Christians, we should be casting off sin in our lives. This is uh, Ephesians tells us this. Walk no longer as the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. Um, but the question becomes, how do we actually do this? How do we begin this process? So I was talking about this with a friend the other day, and we came up with four basic ideas uh, that we had in mind. And these are our ideas that will help you in a battle with sin. And so we're going to start in point number one is recognize you're powerless over that sin. Uh, no, this is not AA, although that is one of those fundamental steps, because it's a fundamental step of overcoming addiction. And addiction itself is a form of deep besetting sin. It is not just a little sin that you do, it is a deep sin that keeps recurring in your life. That King James word, besetting sin, is a very good word because it gets itself in the root and it becomes so habitual and you love it, but you hate the consequences. When you come to the first recognition that you are powerless over your sin, this begins you on the road to sin less and less as you live out your life in Christ. From Romans chapter 8, verses 3 and 4. What the law could not do, don't sin, you know, uh, what the law could not do, weak as it was to the flesh, God did 
sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh as, and as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And so the first principle is we have to recognize we are powerless over it and that God himself has made that provision for overcoming sin. That is a core fundamental idea. Okay, the second principle is we have to watch the input that we have in our life. We can't be like, I'm going to conquer sin and then continue to watch things which titillate that sin. There's an old movie where they're discussing, why do people go to the movies? To be titillated, the man says. Well, in Psalm 101, verses 3 and 4, David writes, I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not fasten its grip on me. A perverse heart shall depart from me, and I will know no evil. So that first idea is to not set the sinful things before your eyes, to allow for that lust to build up inside of you. Of course, I wrote the whole book, I Am Not Amused, about this principle. You can have a look at that book and see what the different principles happen to be. Um, so that book, though, will give you some, some good ideas about evaluate, um, excuse me, evaluating media entertainment and things like that. So we have to set no worthless things before my eyes. We don't care about the works of those people who've fallen away. Uh, that's all of those, you know, all the, the good works of all those Hollywood producers because it has a tendency to fasten its grip on us and we don't want to do that. The third, third principle is we must saturate our mind with scripture. If we do not saturate our mind with scripture, instead we saturate our minds with the things of the world, with the media entertainment, with the all these different things around us that can distract us from the word of God. If we're doing all of these things, then we are going to fall faster than if we are constantly placing the scripture ahead of us because the scripture is there for our teaching and for our growth. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for rebuke, uh, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Okay, we have got to use the scripture as that thing to correct us, to rebuke us, to teach us, to train us in all righteousness, because the more we saturate our minds with the word, the more we crowd out the uh, fruitless deeds of those who have fallen away, as David would write in the psalm. And then the fourth thing we really have to do is we have to make pre-decisions about the things that we are going to do. Okay, a pre-decision is you, you have walked through in your mind, if I am in this scenario, I do this. We should hopefully be doing this with our kids, you know, passwords, safe words with our kids. Also something we should start implementing in this AI age. You know, your teenager goes out to a party and um, uh, he has some safe word that might be able to call and say the safe word, which means internally to your home communication, get me out of here, I'm in a bad place. So he doesn't have to sit there on a phone and explain in front of possibly the ears of others that he's leaving because of sin in the world. Um, that's the thing. But in the current modern age with AI and AI voice synthesis, it's also become important to use passwords for your family as people are implementing AI to call the grandparents and, and say that they are the kidnapped relative in the kid's own voice. 
say, uh, if grandma's trained in this stuff, you go, what's the password, Jimmy? It's like, what do you mean the password? Then she knows Jimmy's actually okay this is a scammer. Okay, so these types of things are important, but we have to make these pre-decisions about what's going to happen. You have to play out in your mind the scenarios you can get into. What if, what if some single lady invites you out to a lunch to discuss some plan? Do you know in advance and ahead of time what you're going to do? Who you are going to go out and invite with? What alternative plans you might make? These pre-decisions are the things because, you know, affairs sometimes happen not intentionally just because you're in the wrong spot at the wrong time. So you've got to make these pre-decisions. And from the book of Job, Job chapter 31, verse 1, Job says, I have made a covenant with my eyes. How then could I gaze upon a a virgin? So he's really talking about the covenant he's making with his eyes. He's making this pre-decision. He is deciding before he encounters a situation that could lead him into sin, he is trying to decide what is he going to do so that he doesn't fall into sin. He's making those pre-decisions. So hopefully that helps you out to figure out the pre-decisions to help you sanctify your life and not fall into the areas of sin. Because that is really the important thing about the Christian is we're not going to conquer sin on this planet. I'm not of the Nazarite view that uh, the Church of the Nazarene view that we can reach perfection on this planet. But after walking with Christ for 30 and 40 years, you had better be sinning less in your life than when you first started following Jesus. And that is the principle of sanctification. And the scripture does indeed say God's will is for you to be sanctified. And that is a very deep and important principle. So you can learn more resources and things over on the website, rwalkinchrist.com. Have a look at that book, I Am Not Amused. That is available on the website at rwalkinchrist.com and also anywhere else you might buy your books online. Uh, Print, digital, and audiobook versions of that are available. With that, thank you for watching, and I hope that you enjoy your daily walk in our Lord. Thank you for tuning in. Our Walk in Christ podcast is a listener-supported presentation. For more information about how you can help, check out ourwalkinchrist.com forward slash support or our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Tom M. That's T-O-M-M. Digital and paperback books are available on several online bookstores or at our website. Once again, the website is ourwalkinchrist.com.